Okay. So I, as you notice, I've been I've been trying to get a thesis sentence more often, and now we have one. So well, we have not quite a thesis sentence. No, we've got uh, some descriptions. So today, let's look at Vicar of Allah and the assemblies. Now, of course, this has been this was brought in a sense from last week's uh, session and the discussion afterwards. Uh, maybe go back to the Futuhat and ask lots of questions and uh, some of the answers to the questions have, have come up here in, the, in these slides. So first we'll be looking at how Ibn Arabi asked us to look and consider state over moment movement. So state is hal and it's also like a phase or a, or a way something is. And then movement, this whole idea of movement and uh, from Zeno's paradox onwards, the question of motion is, has been occupied many people. And uh, for Ibn Arabi, he'll say, and eventually say, there is no movement. There is something is one place, one moment, and it's another place, another moment, but there's nothing in between. So, so what he's describing with this idea of state is what we now talk about as a fractal state space. And so if you think of about a map, a two-dimensional map, you have places there. Well, in a fractal space map, that map would be lumpy, like, like, a, like sheets put together and clumped together. So where things are, are not quite as linear uh, and as intellectually uh, rational as we think they might be. Then we'll look at Ibn Arabi's imagery of the grinding wheel and the water wheel, which he uses throughout the Futuhat to talk about how things change. And they change by fluctuating, by going into different states, not by moving places. And this idea of fluctuation is also uh, with qalb, in Arabic the heart, and taqallub, uh, to alternate, to go back and forth, or to, or to fluctuate within its space. And then he'll talk about the natija, this result, what is birthed from things. And then we'll look at, I was hungry and you fed me not. So what happens when someone calls out to God? What happens when people make a structure set together with no gaps? And he'll be talking then about, we'll look at the dhikr, the, the remembrance. So dhikr, it really works in English as well, to remember, to, to put strongly inside the mind, to recollect, to recollect, to collect things back together and look at them carefully. So that concept in English works also is the Arabic dhikr. And so we'll look at this dhikr of an assembly, because the famous uh, hadith is that when someone is doing dhikr of me in a session, I am doing dhikr in, of them in a session which is even greater. And so we'll look at the body, the individual, the community, becoming alert and becoming present. Uh, and so hadur the, is the presence. So we'll be looking at God is present at a certain place or moment, and then we then would become present, ikhtidar, which is kind of difficult. It looks beautiful in the Arabic. You can see it comes from hadara, but when you try to pronounce, or I try to pronounce it, you can't hear that there's hadara in there. So hadrat, hazrati, all these words that we're looking at are presence. And then finally, we'll look at why there's the famous, also famous hadith, that the hour will not come until the one who says Allah, Allah is not there. And so we'll be looking at that. Who is this pivotal person who preserves the universe or pivotal persons? So we'll be looking at that. So let's dive right in. I've also tried to 
uh, on the advice of, of some participants, been trying to uh, do more slides, but less text. So we'll see if that works. Let me know how it works at the end. So we're looking at movement versus state. So back to this, this state uh, space or phase space, we're looking at a map where things are. And typically you might look at a phase space for weather. So there's a thunderstorm over here. So what caused that thunderstorm? Uh, and that's where you get the idea of chaos theory and the idea from weather that in the Amazon, a butterfly flapped its wings and in Cambridge, a thunderstorm and a storm took place. And the idea is that we can't tell what the initial conditions are. So we don't know what tiny little thing caused that thunderstorm to happen. And so with state space, we recognize the states. You say, oh, that's a thunderstorm. That's a hurricane. But we don't know where it came from, how it came from. And we can't predict where it will be in a few minutes even. So I can't tell the exact temperature it's going to be two minutes from now. And if I can find out an approximation, then if I want to find out in six minutes what the temperature is, I don't just need to double the information. I need to have an exponentially larger number of data points to find out what the direction, what the temperature is going to be. So this confusing state or this weather state, which is not like we think in classical physics, this state space, uh, it's a fractal geometry and the numbers that fit it are not one, two, three, four, five. The numbers that fit it are p-adic and let's, if someone understands p-adic numbers, please email me and explain it to me. Uh, but I'll use the closest thing what Ibn Arabi uses for his numbering system. He says, look at the numbers, but they're also letters. And so the number letters it, until, um, until the, the uh, Fibonacci, until, until the idea of, of letters and numbers, and what they call Arabic numbers is what is really our Hindu numbers or, or numbers from India. And so for Ibn Arabi, he's saying, look at a different set of numbers. Instead of one, two, three, four, look at the way the letters are formed and as they come out of the out of the mouth. So if we look at the order of the letters as they come out of the mouth, some through the throat, and then there are palate letters and there are lip letters, dental letters. If we look at these sounds, and this is where the earliest Arabic dictionaries were organized, not by ABC or alphabeta or alphabet, but or alphabetical, but by where they come from the throat and the and the mouth. And this in Sanskrit was Panani's system as well. So if we take down here, we have a system of letters. We have three, two, 200, 10, five. Now these letters correspond, these numbers correspond to letters and namely they correspond to Jariya. So three is a J, two is the A, uh, and then uh, yeah, flip this over, oops, flip this over. Two is the Ba, so we're looking at, and then 200 is the ra, 10 and five. So the word jabariya, self-magnification, if you change one of the digits, you'll get jariya, girl. And so what's so interesting is that you would think these numbers are close to each other, so therefore they ought to be similar, but they're not. A number changes slightly and it's a completely different word. So this is how 
this fractal state space works. We, a butterfly flaps the wing and everything is different. So it's, it's also a very hopeful and it, because it says that things don't progress in the conventional way, that if I do more effort, I'll, if I double my effort, I'll get double the result. This says I might double the effort and get no result. I might double the effort and get less result, or I might double the effort and get seven times the result. So this state phase and which moves without movement. And he's been using the, the imagery here then of this, of these, the, the grinding stone and then the water wheel. So he's telling us that nothing is not alive and vibrating at all times. <clears throat> now learn that there is not in the universe anything still at all. No, everything is ever changing. So that is heart turning from state to state, in this world and the next, outwardly and inwardly, so what you can see and what you can't see. However, there is a concealed moment and a seen movement. The states come and go over the entries which are entities which are receptive to them. Movements provide different effects in the world, and if not for them, extending, that is extending a space to encompass the entity, would not end and no property would be found for counting numbers, and the things would not flow to the appointed span, and there would be no fluctuation from one abode to another, that is, from the here to the hereafter. The basis of these states is divine characteristics. So things are ever-changing because the divine characteristics are there, and they are ever-changing. So the descent of the true to the sky of this world every third part of the night, that is a divine characteristic, and because it's there, we also will see, therefore, everything is heart turning. So the divine is turning to be here, and we are turning. And so tauba to repent is really to turn. So we turn, uh, we are, God turns to us, which makes us turn to God. And that is the state changing. And then he settles on this throne as something new. That is, the settling on the, on the throne has, is not timeless. It happened. Uh, so it happened in time. And the fact that he was, that is, Kana Allah, God was, and there was nothing with who. And when there was no throne, in a mist, no wind above and no wind below. So because of the divine characteristics changing, fluctuating, coming towards us, if we think lo locally, uh, then that's why we are always fluctuating and changing. So we haven't moved and suddenly everything has happened. So wonder at movement in stillness itself. The vacuum has been filled as by an assembly. So the universe is ever still in its vacuum. And movement is only in a vacuum, this movement of bodies. Therefore, the vacuum is a full vessel, so it does not accept any more, because in fact, the more has nowhere to go. So all the places, all the points in this state uh, space are filled. They're all there. They're just waiting to be activated. It is as the universe is still in God. So this is like consonantal. So the letters are unvoiced and made to become moved or vocalized or voiced towards God. So the letter is sitting here, the word is sitting here, it's just a, a skeleton, it's not vocalized, it's surd, it's mute, it's a consonant until it's vocalized and, and verbalized and then suddenly it is. And it's verbalized by kun fayakun, be and it is. 
It is just as he said, so turn towards God entirely. That is, return to what you departed from. You see, they departed affirming his cherisher. So we departed by saying, when, we, when the cherisher, after we are first born, says, am I not your cherisher? And we say, you are a cherisher. Then we depart. We depart through the throne, through the cosmos, into the womb of the next cherisher. And, they, and, so, and thereafter, they entered into it. And we go back. So that was our first departure. And our return then is to our cherisher. Because the Rebbe says, O oh soul, which is well contented. Uh, God is content with you. You're content with God. Return. Come back into my garden. So, uh, so return to your cherisher. You well pleased with him. And he well pleased with you. Enter among my creatures and enter my garden. And this is none but God, and there is no return to him except by him. So you see, he is the companion on the journey. So when we take a trip somewhere, when we, take a, when we go somewhere, we say, Allahumma, God, be our companion. Be my companion on this trip, and be my khalifa, be my caliph, my khalifa, for the ones that I've left behind. So that God becomes the Khalifa for the ones who have left behind, and he becomes the Sahaba, the companion for me on my journey. So Ibn Arabi loves this hadith because it's very intimate. Of course, you're asking and having Allah be the Khalifa and Allah be the Sahaba of you. So come with me and be my companion on my journey. So if he returns, we return. So you stick with this companion, and if that companion can return, we'll return. In fact, the return belongs only to the one who has the rule, and there is no rule, but it belongs to God. Then he turns to him, so they may return. And so this is Ibn Arabi with uh, repentance or turning to God. Uh, God turns to, the, to us, and then we return to God. And so he, uh, Ibn Arabi uh, describes the awkward moment at, in the court of the last day of judgment. And the awkward moment is that God is ready to prosecute uh, the person who's on the stand. And the person on the stand is sitting there and wondering, you know, why did I do all these things? And he says, well, you know, if God had turned to me, I would have turned to God, and I would have repented and done well. And God is thinking that had I turned to this one, he would have turned to me, and he would have repented. So there's an awkward moment in the court of the last day of judgment. And Ibn Abi looks at that a few times. So movement is hidden. So what this thing is we call movement is something we can't see. So in chapter 1, he said that uh, you have Zed, this, the child of Amr, runs. So Zed is a noun, and it's still, it's there. And then child of Amr, that is a correlation, and it's kind of visible. You can kind of see that there's a correlation, a connection. Runs, and then he says runs is invisible. You have no idea what runs looks like. Okay, so movement is hidden, and the mover is behind the veil. But what is birth is visible, so lean on her. So he, he's talking about the, this, what happens is that in, in these, these, this honeycomb, in this place where we all are, uh, there are fluctuations and things are happening in these fluctuations. And so with these fluctuations, we want to watch what, we're not asking to see when that cell moves to another cell. What's interesting is when the fluctuation takes place, what is the new configuration? 
So then when the Tajeli radiates all the directions, given that who is surrounding everything, the heart embraces with his six faces what is appearing from the true in every direction. So in Arabic, you have the six direction. And in, in, we now talk about three dimensions, six directions. So the heart has six faces facing each direction, and each facing of the direction is, face, is receiving the Tajeli that's coming to it or to him. And so this heart then becomes light, all of him. Then, oh friend, do not waste your time in looking at movements and verifying them because time is precious. But look at what is birthed and lean on that, which whatever truth it gives you. And then you will recognize that when you see something happening, birthed, you know that there was a new movement that you can't see and there's a mover who uh, you can't see is because the mover is behind the veil. So the movement's entity is hidden and the mover is behind the veil of existence, but what is birthed is visible, unveiled, purely descended from her situation. So lean on her, lean on the Natija. This is my counsel for you, my friend. Okay, all right. Be a minute. Okay, let me see if I can hit that just right. Okay, here we go. All right, so one more. Yeah, we're talking about unintellectual things, but you have to, it, we're looking at it intellectually. So one more heavy uh, mathematical intellectual thing, and then we'll uh, be able to process it in the next slide, which is our, our singing. So this state space in a fractal state, state space. So if we're looking at a map, and in a state space, which we're familiar with, you have a map. Here's the lake, here's the mountain, here's the tree. Here you are. And if you go this direction with this velocity or this rate of speed, you'll get there in this much time. If you go twice as fast, you get there twice as fast, and so on and so forth. So that's our conventional map. But the map that we're, we need to be looking at, if we're not tell us, tells us, has a, what is a fractal background, like a, a sheet that you crumple together. So when you have a sheet crumpled together, and that's the same map, let's say. So this tree here suddenly is next to the lake, and then the mountain is way over here. And so if you, so if you ask, how, how long does it take me to get to this place? Uh, it turns out that the lake and the tree, which used to be really far away, are now very close. It takes very little time. The mountain is now very far away. So we have this question of A goes to B, but what causes that? What are, what's the instrument behind all of this? And so in a fractal dimension, we, the intellect breaks down. So this is how, when often Ibn Arabi will say, he'll work with the intellect for a while, and then at some moment he'll say, that's enough, we need to look at the Hadith Qudsis, we have to look at the things that the intellect can't accept, that God settles on the throne, that God was in a mist with no wind above and no wind below, that God laughs, that God wavers. All of these things are the things we need to look at that the intellect cannot accept. And if we look back, if we try to compare these two worlds, the sort of conventional world and this strange Ibn Arabi world, the fractal world, one is Euclidean, so parallel lines don't meet. Uh, the other is a fractal dimension, so parallel lines get crumpled up in the sheet and suddenly the parallel lines are like this. Uh, intellect is the king of the Euclidean space because it's everything our brain says this is how things happen. And this other fractal space is one which is not overseen by the intellect. Um, one is typically aql, and the other is typically nafs. 
One is what we now call classical physics and the other is quantum physics. Real and complex numbers over here, piadic numbers or this, the order of the letters as they come from the mouth numbers. And the idea of differential equations that everything you find out what's the difference between that and the difference between that. And then by understanding how these things have changed over time, you can predict what comes next. But in weather, you can't find the differential equation which will tell you what's the next weather in two minutes. So we have what is called, what we talked about a few weeks ago, the ma'lum. It's the line of what happens with this weather and whether the, the butterfly had an effect on the storm in Cambridge is a line that's the ma'lum and things are either on it or they're off it. And this is, there is no good in a love which the intellect oversees. So in the chapter on love, Ibn Arabi quotes this one. The poem that there is no good in a love which the intellect oversees. And when we're in this fractal space, we are in, uh, it's magical, it's the space when you are in love, that everything happens, the universe seems to be bending to do, to be right where you need to be, something happens to you, and you say, oh, I need this, I want, we really need to have this happen, and then suddenly it happens, um, and then all of these magical things start happening. When you're in this state, you're in a fractal state phase. And this is what happens whenever you are uh, with the people you love, uh, whenever you are in this magical kind of uh, situation. So, and, uh, and so we've all, I talked with a few of you about that last week. Uh, these, are, these experiences are so important. These are what, they seem to be random, but they actually work just the way they should work, and they don't work the conventional way. Um, I was in email correspondence with uh, Nicholas Nassim Talib, who wrote The Black Swan, the fascinating guy. He would write to me in French, English, and Arabic. And uh, he talks about, he said, I, will, I've never, I never run for a train. So if the train is pulling out, he never runs for a train, because who knows, the next train will have the person who he just needs to talk to. That's the person that is going to be meeting. That person will be the best thing in the world. So these are the, and then the Sufis have, have different exercises. One of the exercises is you flip coins. Every time you come to a decision or a fork in the road, you flip the coin and you go there. Who knows? Because what, because if it's my intellect ruling where I drive, where I move, where I run, um, then I'll get what my intellect thinks is, is good and, and so on and I'll get two, two miles per hour will get me somewhere and so on. But if I don't let my intellect rule my life, uh, if, I, if there's no good in a love which the intellect oversees, then I'm open for these new things and these fractal spaces will bring us things that we hadn't been aware of before. Okay. Uh, well, I did, I did promise we're gonna be unintellectual for a minute. Now, one more text uh, here. Um, So this is a, a, a photo from the newspaper. Uh, Michael Clevenger took this, this photo. And uh, it, of course, you see right away, he loves the ones who fight along his ways in rows, the sabil of Allah, as if they were a structure set together with no gaps. So let's see what all of this is, brings out uh, when we're looking at the concept of the vicar. This is the hard truth of what we are saying, so do not swerve from the right course. Just be however you like because indeed God is in your path waiting for you. And this, 
rasada, and it's in the, you have this from the Quran as well. It's beautiful. It's this rasada is when you go up when you're a scout and you're up on the on a on a mountainside. You're watching the people coming through the valley. So this is the image, and of course it's uh, it's a little spooky. Uh, it's like an ambush, but on the other hand, it's God who's trying to ambush you. So just be however you like, because indeed God is in your path, waiting for you. As for our statement earlier, when there is a gathering of God and the creature, by whose means is it? That how does God and the creature get together? How do they get together? It is by God and exactly the fact that you are made a friend of God. It is his word to his creature, which we looked at a few weeks ago. Have you made a friend for me? So are you sitting in conversation with people for me? Have you made a friend for me? You see, he is at the side of his friend. So whoever makes a friend for God has made a friend of God. The gathering is simply what we cited. Related in the report is, indeed, God says, O my creature, I was sick, but you did not visit me. So this creature says, O cherisher, how could I visit you when you are the Lord of the worlds? He says, O my creature, did you not know that my creature so-and-so was sick and you did not visit him? Is it not so that had you visited him, you would have found me at his side. So when Ibn Arabi works this through, he's looking at that elsewhere when he talks about the same uh, statement. He says, notice what's happening. When we, when we visit the person who's sick, we're visiting because we know God is there, and God is there because God is Shafi, the one who is healing the sick person. So the rebuke about why didn't you visit so-and-so is not, you know, why didn't you come as a doctor or a physician for this person? The rebuke is why weren't you present when I was with this person as a doctor, healing this person? So the rebuke is why did you not become present? Which is not the same as saying why didn't you come with your doctor bag and fix this person? So the person, the sick person, is being healed by God. And we are to visit the sick person to be present. So it really does switch around how we're looking at this. You see, the sick never cease calling to God in dhikr. So everyone who is sick, they're returning to their basic state. And they're calling to God in dhikr. It is a dhikr they are driven to in great need. This is the original vicar upon which foundation the enabled us were given being. So we were, we had, we were, had no life, we had no being, and kun fayakun, be and we are. And the true is seated with the one calling who in vicar. So the true is seated there, healing this person, doing whatever is necessary. So whoever makes a friend for God has come together with God. So when I make a friend of someone for God, then I have made a friend of God. So you see God by seeing his friend. Then, my friend, do not waste your time in looking at movements and verifying them because time is precious. So we're looking at the rebuke is, why didn't you become present? So the counsel is become present at these places or become present for these things. Don't need to bring your doctor bag because the shafi, the healer, is already there. You are there to visit and to become present. Um, just 
Okay, so our, I'm sorry, our Ilahi is, is slide eight, it's the next slide after this. So one more to get us ready for the Ilahi, for the song. So from Quran, remember me, I will remember you. So this is with a dhikr, uh, one of the ways that we understand dhikr from Quran is remember me with dhikr, I will remember you, I will do dhikr of you. So you will see, Ibn Arabi says, you will see the faithful in their kindness to each other and their affection for each other to be like the body. When a limb complains of pain, all one's limbs, tada'a, which is a beautiful word, summon or convoke one another to assemble as a league with sleeplessness and fever. So did I say this was, Ibn Arabi is citing the hadith. The hadith is, you will see the faithful, the hadith from uh, Prophet Muhammad which Ibn Arabi cites often, you will see the faithful in their kindness to each other and their affection for each other to be like the body. When a limb complains of pain, all one's limbs convoke one another, assemble as a league with sleeplessness and, and fever. So when I w was looking at this, it just uh, suddenly occurred to me that, yes, when I'm, if I injure my leg, if I injure my foot, and if I don't limp, if I don't take care of it, then I'm just, every time I step, I'm damaging my foot more and more and more. So the first solution to this problem of the, the foot being injured is to be aware that I have an injured foot. And then for the rest of my, to, so to hear the complaint of the foot, I hope you can see where this metaphor is taking us. So we need to hear the complaint of one part of our body, and that, that part has to complain. And so this complaining, there's a problem here, tells me that all of me has to be summoned and, con and have a convocation to come together as an assembly, as a league, to help this body, this bodily part. So the, so the body has to become present. And so we just looked at, remember me, I will remember you. And then who remembers me in assembly, I remember him in assembly better than his. So the interesting now we've looked at, what is this assembly better than his? Um, and so let's hold this while we now can hear the Ilahi, if uh, Baki and Nora, I think are, are able to do that now. Uh, Nora and Baki, are you able to, to come in to sing this? We'll just give them a minute. We also have Hamida and Nora who might be ready also. Let's see. Shweb, I think I need Hamida and Nora wanted to do this one this week. Let's see if, yes, let's see if Hamida and Nora is, is, is ready okay. for this. Otherwise, Nora and I are here. Okay, so let's see if we can find Hamida and Nora. There she is. Good, good. Alhamdulillah. So, Hamida Norwood, please uh, sing. This great love, this vast and stormy ocean, absolute, be free from limitation. Oh, my. Whoops, I've got the wrong. <laughs> um, hmm, I'm singing a different song. Okay. Great Lord. 
This great love, this vast and stormy ocean. Vast and stormy ocean, absolutely free from limitation. This great love is the true secret of Quran. Whoever tastes love will never be the same. This great love, the holy wine of Ashki, clarifies and sanctifies the whole body. This great love unveils Rasulullah. Whoever meets him will never be the same. This great love is our dervish circle, the Maidan, the rose petal fire of noble Abraham. This great love is the deep secret of the friend. Whoever tastes love will never find its end. This great love is monsters cry on Al-Haq, neither night nor day, but only truth exists. This great love is our divine essence. Whoever tastes love is beyond praise and blame. Those who enter this arena great love lose their heads beneath love's brilliant flashing sword become love become the truth become the one whoever tastes love will never be the same Thank you, Hamida. So we have the, whoever remembers me in assembly, I remember him in an assembly better than his. So let's look at how Ibn Arabi uh, expands this for us. God has angels in the earth traveling about in her, loving the sessions of dhikr. So when they find a session of dhikr, one of them calls the others, come to your great love. They are the angels God created from the breaths of the children of Adam. So Ibn Arabi just drops this in here and it's much elsewhere that he describes what he's saying. They are the angels God created from the breaths of the children of Adam. So these angels are in the earth. So this is the in the earth, they're not in the sky. These are angels that are in the earth a gathering in an assembly which is greater than the assembly of the ones that are doing the vicar. And doing the vicar is the sick person calling out, is the original vicar. So as for, let's look into these angels then, as for the angels created from the breaths of the world, that is the people, when they breathe out, they have nourishment as well. So when the breaths of the people, when they breathe out, the angels take nourishment from that. And they tell, so they have nourishment from these breaths and from the elements. There is certainly that. The angel exits 
from the one breathing commensurate with what is in the heart of that breather. So what is in the heart of this me breathing, when I breathe out, the angel is created and exits with that which was in the heart. For example, incoming thoughts, notions that just come to me. If the one breathing out makes a phrase, so if I speak a word, the breath emerges commensurate with what the one phrased. That's mufassalin in the image and separated into letters in the sentence. Well, let's break that down a bit. So if the one breathing out makes a phrase, the breath emerges commensurate with what one phrased. And this is why the Sufis watch their words very carefully, because each word is creating an angel. The two words are mufassalin and then separated. And mufassalin is the image of the, the necklace, which has a pearl and a coral and a pearl and a curl. Red, white, red, white, red, white. And mufassalin in, uh, in the subcontinent is called manapravala uh, in, in South Indian Tamil uh, part. Oh, Mariam will be able to tell us this. The Tamil Sanskrit discourse is called manapravala and it's when you have a necklace which bead one bead two uh pearl coral pearl coral and in the uh, west coast uh, in the south in kerala you have malayalam and and arabic which are put together as a manapravala so they are mufasalin in the image so when the image comes there'll be a piece one piece another piece so the image will be angelic the uh, the rest of the image angelic image angelic image and then the letters in the sentence will be a letter that's written angelically and another one and then another angelic letter to this extent there is the how of reception of effect coming from the special letters so in other words how does alif lam mean the special letters in front of in the beginning of the surah of the quran how does alif lam mean function or work how does it receive effects this is how it receives its effects because as it's being voiced, it is it is angelized, it is made angelic. Okay. So remember me and I will remember you. So let's start gathering all this together here. And his statement, sallallahu is, the hour will not arise while upon the face of the earth is one who is uttering Allah, Allah. So Ibn Arabi says, he brings this name twice, that is Allah, Allah, twice, and once is not sufficient. In this way, he established that this is a dhikr uttered alone. So Ibn Arabi is telling us the Allah, Allah is that one person alone is saying Allah, Allah, twice. And because it's been said twice, the hour will not yet arise. So this person then preserves the universe by Allah, Allah. But when there are people who are sick, who are crying out with the primordial dhikr, Allah, that one combined with this person saying Allah, that's to Allah. So Allah, Allah, and the universe is preserved. So Ibn Arabi is gently suggesting to us that what happens is when we are sick, when there is a sickness, the, what we need to be looking for is this is the primordial or the original dhikr. And when there is a dhikr, then God is with the one who is remembering him. And so then God is saying 
So where are the others who need to be present with this dhikr? So the rebuke then is, I was sick and you visited me not. Come to this place where the dhikr, the primordial original dhikr is being said to this sick person. You'll find the doctor already there. The physician is already there. God is already there in hadur, so in presence. And you are becoming present. And by becoming present, you are now in the assembly. And that this assembly will have an even greater assembly because every vicar that's coming out is creating angels. And these angels are in the earth. So they're on the surface or they're here on the earth. They're not in the sky. And these angels are in the earth looking for other assemblies of other sick people, of other hungry people, of other thirsty people. I was hungry and you fed me not. I was thirsty, you did not bring me water. I was sick, you didn't visit me. So they are looking around and finding the place they love to be. The place they love to be is that assembly where the sick person with the divine physician is, has people present with them. And then when they are present with them, the angels are saying, look, here is the assembly we love to see. So Ibn Arabi then also says that the, with this hadith here, that the hour will not come until there is no one on the face saying, Allah, Allah. It's actually the persons who are pivotal, the pivot, the putub, the pivots then in this sense are the persons who are calling to God and remembering God. And as long as there are people calling and remembering God, then the world is preserved. And you might begin to see that this, is suggesting that if the world worked out just the way we like it, or just the way I like it, uh, and everything worked in this conventional Euclidean method, if everything was working, then there would be no crying out if sickness, there would be no sickness, there would be no hunger, there'd be no thirst. And if there's no sickness, no hunger, no thirst, there's no one calling out with his primordial original cry of dhikr. So we're gonna be again in the chapter on love, he brings this out with two things. One is the, the, he comes across one of the lovers and the lovers is crying and he says, and he says, you know, what's wrong? What's happening with you? And he says, he made me hungry so that I would cry. So he made me hungry so that I would cry. And so just like with Job, the complaint is what's asked for. Job is supposed to complain. And so you don't say, I'm glad that I got hungry. But you do say, I'm glad that when I was hungry, I cried out to the one I love, and the one I love who loves me then helps me. And that's the, that's the lesson of Job. The other is this very, uh, this, this story that, and, uh, that God is with the angels, and God is with the angels, and telling the angels, go fix this problem, do that, do that, do that. So when God is with the angels, and someone says, you know, please give me this, or, I, or oh God, or oh my God, OMG and all that. Oh God, give me this. Uh, then God says to the angels, fix this person's problem quickly, because I do not like to hear his voice. And then someone calls, oh God, help, oh God, help, madet, madet. And then God says to the angels, slow down, delay resolving this one's dua, his plea, because I love to hear his voice. So this is Ibn Arabi's way of changing us from this conventional Euclidean world into a fractal world where the whole point is 
to be hungry so that I cry. And the whole point is to call out to God. But then when we call out, Madet, Madet, and we, we hear some beautiful casitas of Madet, Madet, then God is with the angels saying, hold up on that one because I love to hear this voice. So alhamdulillah, I mean. So, wow, we were very punctual. It's 45 minutes, so. <laughs> so uh, we have we have some co-hosts who can help me if if uh, I think the best thing is if you want to uh, speak up or, or go through the chat um, and we can see if, if any comments or something we can go through from the chat there. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so so if you and if you have a, I think everyone's able to unmute themselves. I so, but so. do we have Ali Rahman? Ali Rahman, good. Tell us. So, what's the difference between zikr and uh, out loud or inward zikr? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. This, the the zikr of the uh, heart. So uh, the the one that goes out. Uh, the dhikr that goes out creates these angels um, and, and, and creates, and so it, they are the words that are spoken and then the things that are written. So they can be written down and they can be spoken. And the written down and the spoken are creating this angelic assembly, creating this angelic assembly. The dhikr, which is of the heart, which is inside, is when the heart is turning to remember Allah as, as God comes in from all six directions. So in each sixth direction, the heart has a facet, has a face. So it's a hexagon. So the heart is hexagonal, and each face is accepting one tajalli, the tajalli from God. is coming and hitting all six faces. And as it hits, hits all six faces, these six facets and faces become light. So the dhikr of the heart is to make the heart become light. And so the dhikr of the heart then is, make me light. And then... By, if the heart is light, then it uh, glows into and illuminates the skin, which is the lamp skin or the body skin, and then it all begins to glow. And so if the heart is light and is made light, then all of the bodily parts become light. And so this is why the dua is make my heart light, make my limbs light. And, and that's why we talk about bones and nerves. This is like... And, and we have uh, Siraj and Munir. So the Munir is illumined from within, and the Siraj is the lamp. And think about the lampshade. The lampshade itself isn't light. The light is coming from the fire or the bulb inside, which is glowing out into the lamp and making the lampshade glow. So in the same way, the body is, is glowed to, to make, make light. You could say that the angels are created in the body rather than outside? Yeah, yeah. So, so the, the 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 incoming the incoming hits hits the heart, and then from the heart, then all these words come. So the ah, the, and the who, and all the letters and sounds come. And as they are entered, we then see that these well, Ibn Arabi sees that these are angels that have been created and are creating and are moving into an assembly, and then they are roaming in the earth uh, looking for these other assemblies. 
The question was that when we do uh, the, uh, the zikr of the heart silently done, then the angels are created within the body well, it's outwardly, it's outside the body. Is that a correct way of putting it? Yeah, well, and because then the light is infusing or, or is diffusing to all of the, the body. So the body is becoming light. And so the angelic uh, element is light and our element is earth. So we're, so we're having earth light, uh, which, is, which is, so that's how some people are earth light. I have two more questions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One is that then when we recite the Quran out loud, then, in a way that uh, there uh, uh, is, is it true to say that there are angelic Quran angels are created? Yes, and that's and that's why Ibn Arabi says uh, that the reason uh, some of, some of us uh, the reason some people will always be in a state of wudu and they will always be in a state of Bismillah. So when all of a sudden, if they stub their toe and they say Ya Allah, this is the Allah from Quran. They're reciting Quran. And so if, they, if something beautiful happens, or they say, Alhamdulillah, they're reciting Quran. So Ibn Arabi says, so you want to be in all your actions, all your words, you want to be reciting the Quran. And so to recite the Quran is to have a special uh, recompense. Something is being built on the other side. And what's being built on, on the other side is what's called recompense. It's, it's weighing on the other side. And so this is why you want to be in a state where everything you say is Quran. And then Ibn Arabi says, it may not be in you, in, in, in everyone to know that everything spoken is Quran. And so, that every, the, yeah. so the difference between listening to Quran on a recorded and then chanting the Quran, there are two different ways of listening. Yeah, yeah, because, well, well, one is the one that's, if, the key is the being present, and because with the dhikr, Ibn Abi is saying, so Allah is hudur, is, is, is present, and we are becoming present, we are going into presence, and so that's why, by doing, by doing ablutions, and by saying bismillah, we are preparing ourselves to become present, so that everything that comes out is Quran, and everything that comes in is Quran. And also the difference regarding this, because the Salat, Salat daytime is silent, it's in the heart. Right, right. But then uh, in the evening and the morning is spoken. Is that of this creating the light within and creating angels outside, is that because of that? Right, because the conversation, it, it, the, 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 the intimate conversation of the of the Fatiha is uh, the first part is Allah speaks and then the second part is is us so we have this the the, the two the two uh, parties in the Fatiha uh, so my my pray my my creature has praised me um, and so and then when we say uh, give us what we need uh, help us then what my creature asks for my creature gets and so the inward. The, or outward, the conversation is the same. It's the same inside, because it's it's this it's this conversation that takes place with the divine. And sometimes, and, and Ibn Abi says when the so when the night is there, the night is a kind of a of a cloak, a cloak. And so to to penetrate the cloak, we speak up. But during the daytime, the the power of it has already come together. And then the Juma is allowed because there's more than one. And so, and is there a difference between worldless zikr? Like zikr, like just being 
being an awareness without no words silently mm -hmm. and then just spoken there. Yeah, well, this is what well, Ibn Arabi says that, that we, the dhikr is a remembrance. So when we, re, when we call out and call out, it's helping us to remember. And, but then when God is present, then the, uh, we don't call out the same way because then we're, now we're ready to listen rather than ready to speak. <laughs> Thank you. Do you, there's a question on the chat. Yeah, oh, okay. Yes, we can. Okay, so elaborate on the saying that one moment of dhikr is greater than 70,000 prayers or a lifetime of prayer. And so this, uh, in this one of one of the things that's uh, that's that's happening here that there's the verse in Quran that the ones who are ever in their salat, and so ever in their salat. Uh, means that they are ever in dhikr, that they are always in this state of remembrance and presence. And so uh, Ibn Arabi is saying that this, so this state of being present, uh, if you want that presence is all that's needed in a sense that when we look at Tajelli, he keeps telling us that we always add, there's only two things that have multiplicity uh, in this tradition. One is dhikr, that you multiply dhikr, the ones who do dhikr often from the Quran. So multiplying of dhikr and then increasing or asking for more knowledge. So those are the two things that we ask more for, nothing else. Ask for more knowledge and ask and, and do more dhikr. So ilm, knowledge, and dhikr. Those are the two. Everything else once is enough, but not for those two. And so what's saying is that those two are multiple so that the state and the presence can be, because there's no end of dhikr and there's no end of knowledge, but there is end of everything else. And so uh, once we are on this road, then, then we, there is no end of all of these things. And, and, uh, and so that's, so we want, so you want to be, on that road. So you want to be multiplying your dhikr and following the prophetic uh, counsel that he was told to say, increase me in knowledge. Alhamdulillah. So, okay. I have a question for the window. Yes. Uh, could you say that uh, as the cube is a sort of a, it's a symbol of perfection. Would you say that we could perhaps make some more symbolic correlations between the, the, the cube, the heart, and the wa, for instance, being, because uh, the numerical value of the letter wa is six, and we also know that it's the last letter in the alphabet, right? Representing mankind. Can, would you say there is a correlation in, in the sense that precisely um, the meaning of this uh, tajalli, no? this is self-disclosure of God in perfection uh, to the six faces of this cube, which is the heart, and also as a symbol of man as the heart of the cosmos. Would you say that? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the geometry here just goes on, on beautifully. It's because that's, that's, that's knowledge. It doesn't end. Uh, Ibn Abi has a place where he calls it 
the tarabia, the quadratic nature of everything. So, he, so there's one way to look at all these things as quadratics, as fours, and like the four elements, and then, and then the, the four letters. So letters go one, two, four, seven, and then they go 40, and then they go on from there. So, the, so we, be, we, we can look at all of those stages, but the four one, the four, those letters become very, very interesting. Um, then we also have six when it comes to the six directions. So the six directions, um, the, so the four are elements. So if we think about four directions, that the, the jinn are confined to four directions or two dimensions. And so to escape the jinn, we go up or we go down. So we add, we add this, these two other directions. So we add this vertical direction, and that, that escapes the, the, the four, which is the place, the plane upon which the jinn are. And then six, so are the directions. And then six are the hexagons and the, the bees. And so the bees with their revelation, what they have learned, what their, their houses are. And that this hexagon is the one that, that fills space uh, the most effectively. Um, and then, but then you can then go from six, you go to six plus one. So six plus one is like Arahman. So Arahman are the six letters plus the Aleph which goes on top, which, is, which uh, alivens or makes each of the letters alive. So that's why in Rahman, we have a, a dagger alif. So you can go from six and then six plus ones. Um, and then it just, you know, all of the numbers will, will, have, will have places that, that, ex, that explain things to us. Um, but the one that we looked at was the six facets of the heart. And that's the idea of the hexagon heart. Um, and so we then look at the imagery of honeycombs and bees, and we look at what uh, what keeps uh, the 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 six figure uh, whole and 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 cohesive. And the word we have afwa uh, and rufra. We have different words in Arabic for the the forgiveness, and and part of it is the the, the material that's that holds the, the the cells together is the same word for is covering up to forgive. So rafur is to forgive by covering up. And so what we do here, so Ibn Arabi says that when we when we add when we see astaghfirullah, when we ask for God to cover something up, which is to cover the offense so that I can be back into relationship with the divine, that that astaghfirullah creates an angel, which then is also uh, creating in the other world on this bridge. It's covering up all of the thorns along the bridge that I will cross. So when, when I die, there'll be a bridge to cross, and the bridge, the thorns and the talons and the gaffs and the, and the, and the things that, are, that would grab me on that bridge, every astaghfirullah covers them up. So it covers up the barbs along the, the bridge. And so this is, then so the fruit of saying astaghfirullah is either visible for people who see angels at that moment or it's visible after death along that bridge. So, thanks, Armando. Thank, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do you have yeah. chat questions? Okay. Yeah, we were just looking at the, the, the this, you know, what that it struck me with the idea that if a part of my body is injured, I need the pain to tell me that it's injured. So that it has to complain. And then when it complains, the rest of my body has to be present to work with this situation. Okay. 
so the Sufis flipping a coin. Well, this is one of the, the I think I learned it from the, the author of Black Swan. So istikhara, yeah, well, there's, a, there's a whole section on istikhara. I think we probably should look at that uh, separately at some point. But the idea of flipping a coin is to, uh, in a sense, hijack the intellect. So instead of the intellect saying, this is the fastest way to get there, uh, you say, uh, I'll go this, which way, this way or that way. And you, and you pick away. And you pick away not with the intellect. And when you do, if you live a life that way, you can, there's people today who do that, and it's fascinating to talk with them. They'll go somewhere, and then, where are you going tomorrow? I said, I don't know. It's all inshallah. I don't know. And then they end up somewhere and somewhere, and they're open to something completely different. And some of the most great things happen to them. My son, uh, Munir, who's in Basel right now, he's been doing this when he travels for the last five, ten years. He will just go somewhere, have no idea what's going to happen, and then someone will meet him and say, why don't you come here? And they'll go over there. And then why don't we do this? And, we, and just the whole world opens up. And this is this technique of bypassing or the, the intellect. And so that's the flipping coin idea. So because it, nothing is random, it's all a fractal uh, state phase. So we have to look at that. And do hexagon facets have different purposes? Aha. Uh -huh. That's it. So these six facets of the heart, which are receiving the tajeli all at once, um, are, there, are there qualities, differences in them? And I don't know. We'll have to just keep looking at that. Um, okay, and about the, the under and over the jinn dimensions. So Ibn Arabi says that the jinn are, are confined to the plane. And this is from Quran that, that if I will come at them from before and behind and from the left and from the right. So those have just those four uh, directions that the, the, the jinn can come at us. Those four directions are the two dimensions. So when we're in trouble with this, we take the vertical direction and the vertical direction up and down, the third dimension. So the third dimension uh, frees us from this plane, this two-dimensional plane. And uh, so this is Ibn Arabi's advice to what to do when you are uh, uh, having trouble with the jinn is that you go up and you go down. You go to the divine through this other access, which they do not have access to. Okay. Okay. Hello. I don't know whether I can ask. Oh, can yes. Ask? Yes, please. Yes. I'm um, sorry. Um, a lot of technical detail here that's uh, way beyond me, but uh, I'm very interested in trying to correlate some of what you've said to the time we're in. Um, and uh, uh, I mean, a number, I've got a load of questions I could go on all afternoon, but um, I suppose taking just one of them, um, you, you talk about the sick and they're, they're calling Allah, they're calling this, this, this quintessential call to their essence by whatever name. Um, and, uh, and that there is this, this, this zikr, which goes on and which can be there in the person who is there for it. And so just, this is a bit of a point blank question, but in the era of coronavirus with sick people all over the place, um, uh, how, how can those of us who've heard this respond? You know, can I, uh, I, I don't necessarily mean literally running off and reciting the name Allah, but possibly including that. You know, what, what is the work to be done? What can be done? How can we serve this situation in the spirit of what you've said? Yeah, Mr. Yeah, no, it's, that's beautiful. That 
and I, I think this is when when Ibn Arabi the way he the way he gives us he spreads things out a little bit for us so that we can see. So the reason that we visit is to become present and not to be the doctor. Um, it's because the doctor is already there. So he's making the issue, the point that the presence is what's needed. And this is what we've seen, um, you know, and, and, and this is, and society, I mean, we all know this instinctively, and this is why um, in New York and elsewhere, you know, the ways to honor uh, the people, the nurses and the, and the cleaning staff and the doctors and all of these people, you know, to honor them, to, be, to say, we, we, we know that you're doing this. And see, that's the key, that's, that's presence. Because what you want to know, um, I get the way, and then I'll just go back to the way I look at it. If I'm doing something, I'm in, in a crisis and something really is heavy and it's, I'm, I'm very present because I'm calling God uh, very presently. Um, and then everyone else is just la, 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 going about their business and they're going about their world. That's bothersome. That hurts. But if one person says, I see you, I see you're in this trouble, that makes all the difference. And, it, and, it, and see, that's the thing about distance. I can get a letter from someone on the other side of the world if it says, uh, heard you were having trouble thinking of you, this is, that's presence. And so that's, so that's making me, myself present. And then think about placebos. How do placebos work? Placebos work because the body has, needs the attention that something is going to happen and something good is going to happen and you're focusing on me and then healing can begin. So it's not the, the necessarily the pill that's been taken because the pill might be just the sugar pill. What's healing the body, what the placebo effect is doing is saying that as long as I'm aware of this body needing something, things can start to happen. And so the placebo pill doesn't fix this muscle or, or this nerve, but the awareness and the presence fix the, fixes the muscle and the nerve. So the key to my body when it's and the body politic. So when the body politic is injured in one part, and Ibn Arabi uses this, the idea of the men and women, when women are injured by men, when, this is, when the body is suffering because the body is not working together, and he says, so this is when the man is, has this intense obsessive jealousy, and then, and then thinks that the woman has nothing to contribute, then Ibn Arabi says, here is your medicine that men and women are equal halves. So he's saying the, that this body that is not functioning male and female, if it's not functioning racially, economically, whatever it is, uh, there's going to be a problem. And if there's a problem and that part doesn't cry out, then the body doesn't know to address it. And Martin Luther King Jr. would say that, you know, that, that when people blow up like in, in, in this way, they're crying out. And, it, and it's because this is the only form it can take right now. So, so when, my, when my body, my knee swells up, you might say the swelling, you know, there's a good part of it and there's a bad part of it. But the good part of it is it says, oh, there's a problem. And then the rest of the body can come work on that problem. And so a healthy body is not one that doesn't get injured, but it's one that responds to its limbs uh, by being present. So, so then we turn around, it's being present that's, ne that's necessary um, because the, the, the doctors, you don't bring your doctor bag to the sick person because God, the Shafi, the healer is already there because the rebuke is, do you not know that if you had visited the sick person, you would have found me there because the healer is always there with the one who is sick. 
So it's not me to come to heal, but it's me to become present. In the same way with my body, this part of my body might not know what to, you know, when I'm limping, I kind of have to do this. But the other part might say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And the answer is that you don't necessarily have a mechanical function. You have a presence function, a need to be present. This is, this is great. Um, and it's just giving me a, a, broad, a much broader sense of remembrance, what it is, or what it may, as, something like what it is. Um, it seems to include presence per se. It seems to include naming what is real, and it seems to include speaking out when something has to be spoken. Uh, it seems to be all those things. Thank you. Right. Yeah, and, and we just, uh, Sam has a, has a comment about, so the hour will not come until there's no one saying Allah, Allah. And part of that is that um, he makes me hungry so that I cry. And so this is what lovers and beloveds do. They call out to each other. And, and so in a way, Ibn Arabi is, is gently hinting to us that making the world really nicely functioning, so eliminating hunger, eliminating this, eliminating pain, um, is that's not why the world was here. And then this is from Surah Al-Baqarah 230. We learn that. Are you going to make a Khalifa in the earth who's going to spoil and pollute the earth and shed blood? And the answer is yes. And the yes is because, and then the next thing is Adam is taught all of the names. So being taught all the names is saying is how to connect from here to the divine. And for Ibn Arabi, it's not a motion, it's not a movement, you're not going somewhere, it's a fluctuation. You are realizing, you are aware that this is the way things are. So it's, it's a phase change, not a spatial change. So going up and down, so, so uh, to, to escape from the jinn on the plane, to go vertical, the vertical axis, and this is what we all, what we, know instinctively and historically and culturally the vertical access is the divine access you you, you pray by looking up in certain cultures uh, so in some cultures you pray by looking you go to the church and you look up and that reminds you of god and in the islamic culture you look down uh, at the earth and that reminds you of god so sajda versus you know looking up but either way up or down this the vertical is the religious or spiritual access Shoaib. Uh on the chat, the yeah. timestamp 11.54, there was comment. I don't know if you... Oh, I, have, I don't see that. Do I, have to re, do I have to refresh the... No, I'll read it to you. It says, it's from uh, Christopher Purpura, Merkez Ali. Mm -hmm. Alhamdulillah, by speaking and giving voice to angels, I'm reminded of the reciprocal relationship between the human and plant worlds. How we feed oxygen and CO2 to each other. Does Ibn Arabi speak on the relation of angelic beings to the plant world? On the relation of angelic beings plant world, yeah. Good, good. Uh, yeah, that when I was uh, about eight, nine, and ten years old, and my my first uh, opening was sitting in trees uh, and 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 oxygen, carbon dioxide, back and forth, and just seeing that uh, re that relationship, and that the and and so that that stuck to me all my life, and it turned out to be one of the early. Uh, learnings or openings that I it took years to understand what it meant. But uh, there it was. Um, 
Ibn talks in that in this relationship is the relation of of tasqir, uh, t a s k h i r, and it's uh, and I use the word subjugation because it sounds so bad, uh, but it's what we talked about when we say that the horse, the horse runs away from you because you are actually subjugated to the horse, and so we think that we're the boss and we're the owners and and and. And, and, that, and that beast is subjugated to me. But Ibn Rabi says, but look at what that subjugation means. You spend all your time getting food for that horse. You spend all your time cleaning up the poop of that horse. You spend all your time bringing food and uh, making sure that the shelter is there. It's not too cold, not too hot, you know? And so who's subjugated to whom? So this is Ibn Arabi's way of reminding us about that the, that the way the world works is through subjugation that something does something for another and they and they have this relationship and the only and the ugliness of it is if i don't realize where the subjugation has come from and i don't know that i am also subjugated and then so that to recognize this mutual mutual dependency is uh makes that's that's what i need to be doing and so he talks about uh, plants and minerals which are subjugated so they are there and they are there to do something good for you and i am there to honor that and to receive that and to have something good come from them and so it's this mutual dependency that i if i don't have that uh, plant or mineral then i can't continue and that plant or mineral is uh, accepts being giving me a gift uh, and so this this mutual part is Ibn Arabi talks about that all the time. Uh, it's 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 so important. And then he of course talks about it with with how human beings we do the same thing uh, because in, in the Quran, uh, if it, we we don't give you your, your all your risk all your 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 sustenance at once, but we give everything in due measure. And Ibn Arabi says what's interesting here, and and the way and Ibn Arabi is just talking about this in this Quranic way, and you realize that, you know, we don't think that way anymore. But he's saying what happens is that the rich are subjugated to the poor. So the person who gets more has a large qadr, has a, has a bigger amount, is subjugated to the poor because that person now has to give that to the poor. So God feeds the poor either directly or through the rich person. So the rich person's job is to then re get that wealth into into this poor person. And so, uh, and Ibn Arabi just says, as if it's, after this, we should always know that. Isn't it obvious that rich people are subjugated to the poor? And I'm thinking, uh, we got something called capitalism that doesn't quite work that way. <laughs> but uh, that's how Ibn Arabi sees it, that we're all subjugated to each other for these things to happen. <laughs> Can I make a quick comment about some things that are coming to me about the original zikr that you talk about and um, the, the sick person calling out and how if humanity is all one, you gave the example of one limb being hurt and the rest of the body is kind of feeling it. And what's coming to me at the moment is, you know, if we think about Black Lives Matter and everything that's going on right now, mm -hmm. is that there are some of us who might be present, be that in our prayers or be that physically in some way in terms of the awareness of it. Mm -hmm. But could it possibly, could there be a link between, so some of us who aren't aware of it, I've got this pain in my foot and I'm going to ignore it and I'm going to pretend it's not there. Could this be a reason why we have mental health issues because of this conflict that's taking place? And, and I'm just wondering whether that's kind of linked to it. And that's why Allah questions us that, you know, I gave you the signs, I gave you the opportunity to see and you didn't come and visit me. And I'm just wondering whether you can, 
add anything to that really. I know that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's that's yeah, that's really what's happening. Um, when he talks about divine names, he makes the point that that the divine names all have a right to come on you. And so that is, they come flush against you and they can be ones that you like and ones you don't like. And also they are antagonistic names. They're names that uh, have contradictions or polarities in them. And so, uh, so Ibn Arabi says that they have the right to be there. I have the right to say, I acknowledge you and give me the next one. So whatever's happening to me at any situation, the first thing I have to do is acknowledge it. And then the second thing I say, change my situation. But uh, so this acknowledgement, I think, I think there's so much uh, uh, damage and pain and hurt is coming from this not being able to acknowledge. And so the, the absolute priority or the first thing that has to be done is to acknowledge what's happening. And if I can't acknowledge what's happening, then I can't move on. And so if I can't move on, pains and things will lodge in the body or in the body politic you know and if i if i haven't if i think if i can't acknowledge that something's injured in me and i keep going it keeps getting dam damaged no way forward is possible and uh and and so i and i can't ask for a better something better because i haven't yet acknowledged it and so acknowledge in the body but also in the body politic so acknowledgement then is presence. So as soon as I acknowledge that I've just been injured or the body politics is injured, then um, and the whole body will react uh, as a fever with, with sleeplessness and fever. So the whole body then becomes convoked and brought together as an assembly. Um, and so that body can't come together as assembly if there's no acknowledgement that there's an injury um, and then, and then so then the first thing it has to do is acknowledge there's an injury, become present, and then with this, then still that the physician may be you or maybe someone else or maybe unseen. So the, the real issue is that I now need to train myself to uh, become a doctor for the sick person because there will be a doctor. But what I have to do is, is, is acknowledge and be present. And that is the hadar to be present is where we need to be. Thank you. Yeah, Dr. Patricia, I think, mentioned about that. You know, so what happens when, when there's no one calling out? Ibn Arabi is, is, in a way, gently suggesting that the reason for this uh, world and the reason for pollution and shedding blood, as from Surah Al-Baqarah 230, uh, the reason is so that the names will be able to come forth and that we then will recognize God. And if... if um, and so being non-being and being non-recognizing is the same for God. No one's seeing, no one's remembering. And so uh, the reason for the world is to be a place where we fluctuate and turn towards God. And that's why we have offenses in us as well. Um, and so we have, if you did not commit offense, I would, I would go to a people and I would love them and they would love me. So the key to offense is that it's got to be there so that, uh, that the tawbah, the turning, can take place. And then Ibn Arabi says in the Quran, we have that very difficult passage. It says, I will, that God will turn the bad things into hasanat, into beautiful things. So all the bad things that I did can be turned into hasanat, all good things. And Ibn Arabi says that's by correlation correlating them to the right place. So once I realized 
who is doing things? Is God doing it or I'm doing it? So everything I do, um, it, it, can, it can come out bad. But if, if later I then realize that that thing was something that is godly done, then everything changes and it becomes hasanat. So it's a very difficult passage, but the whole chapter on Tawbah is a difficult chapter too. That's why Atif Khalil is writing all about those things. Um, I just had a quick question, yes, uh, just yes. adding on Dr. Patricia's message. Uh, she yeah. asked, so presence is the answer to all problems, it seems. Does this mean that the hour will come when people are no longer present? Mm -hmm. So I just want to add on that because um, I think right now with the current, um, you know, the, the 21st century, um, the whole, it seems that everyone is trying to meditate or try to be present or even, for example, like everyone's kind of embracing spirituality some way or another, even, for example, mindfulness apps or meditation apps or spiritual related apps are the most downloaded apps in iTunes and app, uh, app store and so on. Um, I just wonder if that being present and me meditation, mindfulness and all that, like, is that kind of an indication um, about the hour that is coming um, now that the whole focus is on like consciousness and things like that? What are your thoughts on, around that? Yeah, yeah. This 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 awareness. If you think about it. You know, uh, think about uh, when you are having troubles or, or in difficult situation. What does that awareness do when someone says, "I'm aware that you're going through this"? That how much that changes your situation. And so, um, you you and so someone who, when I'm sick and visits me. That I, I never sit there. Oh, you should have also brought another doctor or given me another second opinion. No, it's the it's that present that that is what is needed, and so this this being present with the one who is present, um, this is the reason that we have these situations. And so, um, if you want to look at like the end of the world, um, the end of the world is when is when everything is working perfectly and everyone has nothing. To do or pray for, and in fact, if you look at some of the end, the end, end of the world or the hour hadith, there are um, everyone is intoxicated. So, uh, there's the imam stands up, and there's no one there to come to the mosque to pray, and uh, there there are other kind of uh, signs of the end of the world. And these signs are not that the that the world is going to hell in a handbasket. The signs are that everyone's doing just fine, so they don't think there's any need to pray, and they don't think there's any need to be present because they can just be intoxicated or distracted the entire time. And so uh, if you look at that, the when we see things falling apart in, in this chaos, it's actually a sign that the end of the world is not coming. It's when everything's working just fine that we have to be worried. <laughs> now the end of the world's on its way. <laughs> so, alhamdulillah. Yeah, and this and quantum mechanics. I mean, this is this is what been so fascinating. I think Ken Wilber is one of the first to do this. He was saying, you know, all these quantum physicists, all these scientists, you know, they're actually quite spiritual, even though they don't know it, or they would be horrified if you told them that they are. But they're talking about these things that we've been talking about all these centuries, which are fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, so this this witnessing, witnessing is part of presence. Um, and so the 
this is so much of that we acknowledge the name that's in us, that's come to us, and then we have the chance to say, can I have another name? Or so acknowledge that I am constricted and then ask for the name expander. But I can't get the name expanders until I've acknowledged the constrictor, which and this name has a has a right. And so this is so important for us to to uh, give rights where they are due. And the right is to acknowledge uh, what's happening um, and, and to acknowledge where, what, what's happening in my body and then in the body politic and in the communities. It's acknowledgement become, comes first and that's witnessing and presence is the words that we use. And we see that, we see, you know, um, with, with uh, the COVID and, and all these things, we've, we've seen how people are finding ways that they can communicate across distance by saying, I appreciate you, thank you for doing what you're doing. And that thanking, is uh, is making presence, and so that's that's really what we we are we're called to do, um, and then it turns out to be because this works in a symbolic or or unseen way, uh, it works perfectly when we have to be physically distant because um, we can still connect uh, with in a spiritual or symbolic ways. So, alhamdulillah. Okay, so thanks very much. Uh, it's been so good to see all these beautiful faces, and of course, and 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 the all these are all and and I think was it Robin said that that these are experiences that you you connect to what you've seen, and that's the beauty of Ibn Arabi. He gives us these wonderful elements, and then we connect them to our own lives, what we've just seen, and it fulfills and it clarifies. Uh, and so alhamdulillah that we have this counsel from uh, Muhammad ibn Arabi. So for everyone being here. Can I ask one more cool question? Yes, Rahman, yes. The flipping coin is the same as using pendulum. Yeah, right, right. It's, it's, it's the, and, and, the, and, the, and the brain says this is crazy, which means that it's been hijacked or bypassed, and now you get the real work done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.